Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Thursday Thoughts. I hope this podcast finds you well. I hope you're all having a a great day and a great week, and I just hope things are going wonderful for you. As we're continuing with this new season of Thursday Thoughts, working through the book of Proverbs, we've we've seen how Proverbs is a practical book of these short little wise sayings. Some of them kind of go together in bigger chunks. Some of them are individual standalone Proverbs. And we've seen how, just in the first few weeks, how it's how this is vital and important for us today as Christians. And so, let's get started with today. And so, the past few weeks we've talked about, you know, we introduced, you know, what is a proverb, what is the book of Proverbs all about, and then we kind of talked about the, the introduction a little bit, and its goal and its purpose, and we talked about last week in particularly with verses uh, chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, and kind of how it paints the rest of chapter 1 and how it's talking about the readers of this book. In particular, it's talking like a parental figure talking to a a child, you know, telling them to listen to the instruction because it'll give them life, basically. That's kind of what we talked about last week. And so this this week, we're going to to talk about all of Proverbs chapter 2. We're going to read it all through one time, and then we'll kind of break it down and what it's all meaning. And so if you have your Bibles and you're following along uh, Proverbs chapter 2, you're welcome to just listen to, I guess. But there's nothing like looking at it for yourself and reading it, and we should do that. And so we're going to read Proverbs chapter 2 today and kind of look at, we're going to talk about the value of wisdom. That's what we're going to talk about today, because that's what Solomon talks about in Proverbs chapter 2, the value of wisdom and what's valuable about wisdom. Why should we want to seek it? Why do we want to seek it? And so if you have your Bible, we're going to read Proverbs chapter 2. It's 22 verses, and we'll kind of talk about why it's 22 verses in a moment. So Proverbs chapter 2, starting in verse 1. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. For the, wis- for the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth came knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you, and understanding will guard you. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse, who have left the straight paths to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Wisdom will save you also from the adulterous woman, from the wayward woman with her seductive words, who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. Surely her house leads down to death, and her paths to the spirits of death. 
none who go to her return or attain the paths of life. Thus you will walk in the ways of the good and keep to the paths of righteous. For the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it, but the wicked will be cut off from the land and the unfaithful will be torn from you. May God bless the reading of his word. And so that's a lot. That's a lot that we just read right there. And you may be thinking, you know, maybe you can kind of hear it and basically understand what Solomon is saying. But if you don't, we're going to talk about it right now and we'll dive into it a little bit deeper and look at what is being said here. And so understanding the structure of this chapter is essential to understanding its content, right? We should notice that the poem, it's, this is a poem, is it's compacted into 22 lines. And I, what's, what's ironic about that and purposefully done is that there are 22 letters in the original Hebrew alphabet. And so there's 22 verses for each letter of the Hebrew alphabet. However, each verse does not begin with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet, as does some of the acrostic pro- poems in like Lamentations, uh, Proverbs 31, or Psalm 119. Right, and so this is a use of a non-alphabetic acrostic that shows up in chapter 5 of Proverbs, and some people think it might appear in the conclusion of the instructions in Proverbs chapter 8 that leads into Proverbs chapter 9. Clearly, Proverbs concludes with an alphabetical acrostic in chapter 31, highlighting the importance of beginning and ending sections, right? Um... You know, the acrostic structure may highlight the idea of completion or comprehensiveness, as does our saying of, you know, how we today say everything from A to Z. It's kind of like covering everything. That's kind of the idea of why these writers would do these little acrostic poems. And, you know, you know Solomon here may not have used, you know, like every letter of the Hebrew alphabet, but doing the 22-verse acrostic is the idea of it's kind of almost telling us that everything that may be needed for or everything that's going to be that he's going to talk about in this little book and letter and these wise sayings to his son can be covered in this chapter. You know, he's broadly painting it in this chapter. That could be what he's saying. But basically, you know, the structure of this chapter may itself be a way of stating that everything, like we said, that needs to be said about this topic is said here in this book. And so what's interesting is that we can divide chapter 2 into like these six subsections. I'm not going to go through and identify each one. If you read it with these, what I'm about to tell you, you'll see it. And so they're divided into six subsections. The first being this, it's a conditional statement of if. Uh, The if of verses 1 through 4, followed by five, you know, then in verses 5 through 8, 9 through 11, in order to, in verses 12 to 14, 16 and 19, and 20 through 22. And so what I'm saying here is it's divided into six sections. There's this conditional statement of if, right? If you do this, if you do that, and that's in verses 1 through 4, so that's one section. And then in verses 5 through 8, and then 9 through 11, you see then, right? You see this um, then, you know, if you do this, then this will happen. So that's those. That's the those are the um, next two sections, and then the last three sections are verses twelve through fourteen, sixteen through nineteen, and twenty through twenty-two, where you see 
um, where you see this in order to, right? Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from those whose words are perverse, who have left the straight path to walk in darkness, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. And so, wisdom will save you, right? In order to, wisdom will save you. That's the idea whenever you see wisdom will save you. And so that's what you see here. Uh, so it's divided into five portions, and, and it's all it all kind of cruxes on this conditional statement, if, in verses 1 through 4. You know, if you do these things, if you do these things, if you do these things, then you will get this, you'll get this, you'll get this, in order that wisdom will save you. Wisdom will do this, wisdom will do that. And so that's the point that I'm trying to make here. So understanding that structure helps us understand what's going on here. And what's going on here is that the wisdom of the Lord and stuff like that is conditional. Because if you don't walk in that wisdom and if you don't try to learn it and apply it, then these good things won't happen to you. And so it is conditional. And so another thing that helps us in understanding this passage are the theme words. And theme words can help you understand any literary work. And so the same is for the Bible. When we ask how we are to understand this invitation to wisdom in our day and time, we begin by looking for the themes that stand out in this chapter and by asking what principles uphold those themes. I think the principles that we find communicate what God is like and what God wills for us to be and do. One key to uncovering the main themes of this passage is the repetition of key words or cluster of words, uh, kind of like biblically, biblical rhetoric, if you will. So we have seen that wisdom and understanding are not only the most repeated, but they are closely associated, sometimes set in, you know, in parallel to one another. These and other repeated words such as upright or protects uh, and related terms like save uh, and the various words for way, like walking the way, function as theme words in this passage. In them, God's gifts of wisdom and understanding are depicted as guardians to keep one walking in the right relationship with God and humans. The image of the guardian extends to the theme of accepting the parent's teaching in order to withstand calls to the wrong path. And so that's kind of what's being what's going on here in Proverbs chapter 2. It's Solomon talking about how wisdom... Number one, wisdom comes from God. Number two, wisdom will help you understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And number three, the wisdom the wisdom will protect you. The wisdom will protect you and the wisdom will keep you safe from these people trying to call you astray. Those are the three main things that this passage talks about. And so, whereas chapter one begins with a description of the study followed by warnings of what happens to those who refuse. Chapter 2 begins with a call. When I'm saying chapter 1, I'm talking about chapter 1 of Proverbs. Chapter 1 begins with of Proverbs begins with a description of the study, followed by warnings of what happens to people who don't want to do the study. Chapter 2 begins of Proverbs begins with a call to study, followed by promises of finding wisdom and enjoying its protection in your life. Just as chapter 1 ends with a promise of safety that seems out of place with all the meaning that has gone before, so chapter 2, it kind of jolts and propels the reader by following its promises to safety with a grave warning. 
even as uh, in the warning of, you know, you will get pulled from the land, uh, even as this text looks back to the preceding chapter, it offers a preview of what is to come. Friendship with God is the topic of chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Uh, the love of wisdom is talked about in chapter 2, uh, and it's also treated in chapter 3, 13 through 18, and chapter 4, 1 through 9 of Proverbs. The seduction of evil men is talked about in Proverbs chapter 2, and it also appears again in chapter 4, and the warning against adultery that's talked about here in chapter 2 is also repeated in chapter 5. So in sum, this chapter, chapter 2 of Proverbs, functions within the literary context of Proverbs chapter 1 through 9. Of Proverbs chapter 1, excuse me, through chapter 9. Sorry, I got tongue twisted there. Uh, And so what it is is, Proverbs chapter 1 through 9 are all Solomon's work, and Proverbs chapter 2 is almost like a highlight of everything that's going to be talked about, right? The warnings and admonitions that come before it and present an overview of topics to come. That's what chapter 2 does. When we ask what themes and underlying principles of this text speak to the life of the church today, we, we must note that the understanding, the fear of the Lord, and protection from the seductive influence both act as motivations for us as Christians to foster a desire for wisdom. And so again, two two big things that this passage introduces is, number one, understanding understanding the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God, and gaining the knowledge of God, right? The statements made about God that were only implied in chapter 1 are made explicit here in chapter 2. God is the one who gives wisdom, and it begins in a relationship with him. The quest for wisdom encouraged and chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, leads to its source. The knowledge of verses 1 and 7 is now filled out as knowledge of God. Although not stated outright in chapter 1, there is some indication here in chapter 2 that all true knowledge begins with the knowledge of God. And God is the source of all wisdom, and God is the source of all knowledge. And so, we see that if we if we truly want to become educated, not only just in biblical terms, but in lifely in in our life and different things in our life, it all begins with God. And so, understanding the fear of the Lord, that healthy respect for God, will lead us into learning about Him and gaining the knowledge of God, which gives us wisdom that will protect us. And that that exactly is the second thing that this passage introduces us to is protection. Right? What is new in this chapter is the idea of protection. Wisdom and its accompanying accompanying virtues are God's means to protect us from wicked men and wicked women and, you know, the anti-type of wisdom is what wicked women's related to. And so, therefore, the warnings of danger voiced by the parents who quote the wicked men and women in chapter 1 are followed by promises of protection from such dangers. Whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm, right? That was in Proverbs chapter 1. Wisdom, and here in chapter 2, wisdom that warned and threatened in chapter 1 now becomes a gift that protects from waywardness. Wisdom, knowledge, discretion, and understanding protect young people and all of us by keeping us on a good and safe path. That's what wisdom does. So wisdom not only brings us, helps us understand the fear of the Lord, it helps bring us knowledge of God and wisdom, 
and that knowledge of God and that fear of the Lord will protect us. Because what and how how does it protect us? I think it protects us because you know when you understand God and you truly understand the Bible and you believe what it says to be true, it'll keep you from doing a lot of dumb things uh, because you want to save your soul and you want to make sure you're in a good standing with God because if the judgment day were to come, because it can come at any moment, you want to make sure you're in a right standing with God so that we can stand before him with confidence on the judgment day. And so it's important that we understand what this passage is teaching. The passage, Proverbs chapter 2, we read all 22 verses. What it is teaching is that if we apply our heart to wisdom and apply our hearts to understanding the fear of the Lord, and or if we, if we, if we turn our ear and apply ourselves to growing in knowledge and growing in wisdom and studying the Bible and trying our best, verse 5 and 6 tell us exactly, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And so if we try, and if we read our Bible, and if we live faithfully, then God will give us wisdom, and we will understand the fear of the Lord. And then, you know, and then all these conditional things. Wisdom will save us. Wisdom will protect us. But that only happens if we try to, if we be the Christians that we're supposed to be. That only happens if I try to learn about God. That only happens if I try to live intentionally for Him. And so it is conditional. If we're not trying to be good Christians, then we won't be protected and we won't understand the fear of the Lord and we won't have the knowledge of God. So we must be good Bible-practicing Christians. That's what this passage teaches us. And so in our contemporary lives today, how does this apply to us? You know, so we've talked about how it applies to us as Christians, of course. We need to, you know, be students of God's Word. We need to seek after His wisdom, because if we seek after wisdom, God will give it freely, and we'll understand Him more, and He'll protect us in the process. But how does it apply to us today, just practically, and in our contemporary lives? Well, let's think of it this way. Education in the contemporary home, you know, as as I've taught before in Proverbs and in churches and stuff like that, a lot of times people come up, and I've heard it talked about before, whether it's to me or someone else, and they talk about, and they tell stories, they, they talk about and they ask, you know, well, how can I get my kids to listen to this, or how can I get my kids to listen to me? And then they tell stories of teenage children who are learning to say no to the parents' guidance, just as they did when they were learning how to talk. These parents are worried, you know, these parents are worried sometimes that their kids will not listen to them, uh, but they are more concerned that their kids are not listening to, or they're, they're concerned that their kids aren't listening to them, but they're probably more concerned that their kids are listening and getting into things that will do them harm instead of good. In Martin Scorsese's um, uh, film, I think that's how he says his last name, but it's called Cape Fear. A released convict wants to take revenge. He wants to take revenge um, against... He was a wrongly accused man. Uh, he wants to take revenge on an attorney who kind of did him wrong, a lawyer who did him wrong. And so this wrongly accused man was sent to prison because the lawyer kind of did some stuff that wasn't necessarily legal and true, and so 
he this man gets sent wrongfully to prison. Well, this man who got sent wrongfully to prison decides that he's going to get back at him. And so he decides he's going to uh, make him pay. And so the ex-con makes the lawyer suffer, not by physically attacking him or his family, but by making them afraid. He pretends to befriend the lawyer's daughter and turns her against her parents, telling her that they set limits on her freedom to keep her from growing up. He tells her that there is a world to explore where she can test out her own ideas and make her own choices. Sadly, much of what the ex-con says about the parents is true. And as they become more and more afraid, they try to exert more and more control, telling the daughter, telling their daughter not to have anything to do with him. This, of course, alienates the daughter even more. Yet the daughter cannot see that the parents must set limits as she learns how to handle her freedom, while the parents cannot see that they have failed to encourage her in that growth. The tender balance of restraint and freedom has been upset, and the crisis of the vengeful ex-con and his seductive words only make it worse. In this chapter of Proverbs, the parental teachers are well aware that their son is susceptible to voices that call him to cast off the restraints of their teaching and live wildly. They also know that those voices call at a time in life when desires for sexual experience and peer pressure are strong. But these teachers do not say no for the young man. Instead, they give him reasons and resources to enable him to say no for himself. In addition, they teach him to say yes to the way that leads to life instead of death. That's what the writer of Proverbs is doing, and that's where we can learn today. We can look at their approach to learn what we might practice for ourselves. But we should also remember that their world was not our world today, so their practices cannot be applied in our day without... It doesn't mean it can't be, but it can't be applied without some reflection about the differences of our world today. Also, following the approach of Proverbs will not guarantee that kids will listen, nor does it mean that something was done wrong if they do not listen. As we will see many times in the study of Proverbs, Proverbs and biblical wisdom observe how life usually works when people do the right thing, knowing full well that barking dogs sometimes do bite and sometimes we do mess up, and sometimes we do make mistakes. The teaching of this chapter urges parents to take seriously the task of wisdom education in their homes. This is not to say that churches can afford to ignore the portion of this portion of Scripture, but rather, families in the church must give it attention since parents are, as part of their task, the primary spiritual teachers. Education is taking place at all times in the home. Some intentional and much of the teaching is unaware, and so it seems reasonable to ensure that teaching and biblical wisdom be included in the process of teaching at home. And so as parents and as teachers, we can learn from this book today. And so this applies to everybody. And where we don't live in the same cultural the time as the peop as Solomon and the people of Israel did back in the time Proverbs was written, we still parent young people and we still try to educate them and we still try to teach them in the way that they should go. And so we can learn from this. And, and I think what we can apply in our lives is allowing our children in a safe and, you know, we... We let them have their little bubble, but obviously we control the size of that bubble as parents, right? 
and we we should allow them chances to grow and chances to encounter things and learn what to do in a safe way. And what I mean by that is just like Solomon did here. Solomon doesn't say no for the for his son whenever he's talking to him here in Proverbs chapter 2. No. He doesn't say no for the son, but yet he gives him reasons why he should say no, and he gives him reasons why he should say yes to God and the paths that lead to righteousness. So I think the best way to apply this passage for us today as Christians um, is that we need to pursue knowledge, and we need to say yes to knowledge and no to these worldly things that pull us away. That's how this applies to us today. And for for parents or teachers or preachers or elders or any any of, any of you who may be teaching people or have influence on people, uh, or if you are being influenced. I think it's important that we understand that, uh, you know, for me as a parent, you know, one thing that I'm trying to do is I don't want to just say no, no, no to everything that uh, Laser or, you know, here in the future, Josiah, Lord willing, when he's born, I don't want to just be that parent that says no for them to things. You know, I want to give them a safe bubble to operate and to learn about things and learn lessons, and learn how to say no to some of these things that they they may want to do, but really aren't good for them. And we need to teach our kids, instead of just telling them no to these things all the time and making them rebel harder against us, we should teach them why it's important to say yes to, to the good things and teach them why they should want the good things, like like wisdom in the Lord and a good faith and making wise choices, right? And then if we give them why they should say yes and we give them reasons why these bad things aren't good for them, they'll learn and they'll say no. And yes, they'll still probably make mistakes just like we all do, but they learn from it faster, I think, that way, and they don't make as big of mistakes as if we just say no to everything and then they rebel real hard. Anyway, I digress. In, in conclusion to all this, we see that Proverbs chapter 2 talks about how we need to dive into the study of wisdom, and we need to dive into wanting to learn about wisdom and gain biblical knowledge, because if we do that, and if we listen to instruction from our godly mentors, as we talked about last week, then we will gain wisdom and understanding and knowledge of the Lord, and we will become more wise, and we will learn. And then when we have that wisdom, it's a reward for us, and then we can use that to resist the evil powers in this world, and it'll be like protection to us because we'll know what the right thing to do is. And so that's what this podcast episode is today. What is the value of wisdom? That's what we've been talking about. The value of wisdom is that you will learn the fear of the Lord, and you will grow in your understanding of God, and it'll protect you from the evil powers that be in this world. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Thursday Thoughts. I hope the podcast again finds you well, and I hope you're all having a wonderful week. I hope I pray that this has been encouraging to you, and I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week. Till next time.